Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. As I begin, there are some people who have asked about the odd, but I call providential, uh, situation of meeting Mike Johnson on the golf course and an opportunity to study. We are meeting to study this week on Tuesday. So if you will remember that time and just offer a prayer. It's, it's an opportunity, hopefully, to share the gospel with someone who needs it by his own testimony and might need it using the ideas of today. He might be someone who does not see and needs to see. So we'll find out. So you remember that time. Today we notice that Jesus claimed that He came to judge the world, and that's true. We notice that this idea, I came to judge, and then in John 12, I did not come to judge, seems to be on the surface a contradiction. Well, those kinds of things happen in Scripture quite often. There are a few things that on the surface look that way, but when you look into it, it's not a contradiction at all. For instance, Jesus said in Matthew 10 in verse 34, I did not come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. And yet Ephesians 2 in verse 14 says, Jesus is our peace. Well, that's not a contradiction. In Matthew 10, he is saying, the effect of what I'm doing is a sore because some will believe and some won't, and there will be a division put there because of it. He's not saying he doesn't desire peace, but he is saying that the peace he desires causes division with people who don't desire what he wants. It also occurs in passages like Matthew 5 and verse 17. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And some look at that word and think, well, wait a minute. Didn't Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14 also say that He came to break down the middle wall, which was the law of Moses? So if He didn't come to destroy the law, but in fact He did, isn't that a contradiction? No, He didn't come to destroyed, He came to set it aside by fulfilling it. By fulfilling it, it vanished. And that was the wall that divided Jews and Gentiles. So it's not a problem. One more, John 18, 8, chapter 8, verses 15 and 16, Jesus said, You judge according to the flesh, but I judge no one. Then in verse 16, immediately after that He said, But if I do judge... My judgment is true. Wait a minute, Jesus. In the same words you said, I do not judge, but if I did judge, it'll be true. Here's the point. The way Scripture is written sometimes, God is writing in a way that makes it appear as though it's a contradiction only because He wants us to research and to search and to look at the context and to see what is going on. So there isn't contradiction in Scripture, not in what God wrote. Maybe contradictions in translations. 
but not in God's Word. And so that is the sort of the style that we're finding today between John 9 and John 12. Let's return to the courtroom from this morning. The judge has entered the courtroom, and court is in session. The evidence was presented. Again, Jesus did not come to judge. He did not come to judge, but he did judge. He has entered the courtroom, he said, to judge. What was he doing? He was helping them to see what he already knew. The evidence in the courtroom was presented. In fact, John's gospel is designed as a presentation of the evidence of who Jesus is. John chapter 2, he turned the water to wine. John chapter 4, he healed the nobleman's son. John chapter 6, he fed 5,000 people. Then he also in that chapter walked on the water. John chapter 9, he opened the eyes of a man who was blind. And then to cap it all off in John 11, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Every time one of those events happens, the text uses the word a sign. It was pointing. It was evidence. The evidence in the courtroom was presented in the life of Jesus. And everybody had an opportunity to respond. Now the, defend, the defendants get to respond to the evidence that has been presented. And those who didn't see had a chance to see. And those who thought they had seen were shown that maybe they didn't. Jesus, in fact, did judge. The judge, the judgment of God is true and just. And what Jesus says is true. And it was all set out there for them. But Jesus did in fact judge. Now we move to our text. If you look at John chapter 12, the text that was read for us, you will see what is there with respect to Jesus saying, I do not judge. Look at verse 47. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. Hmm. Well, here's what I know. Jesus was not sent here to judge in final condemnation. The judge has entered the courtroom not to judge, and he did not, didn't come. I won't judge him. I can't help but think of those words that you know well. John chapter 3 and verse 16, beginning, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For the Father did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
Everyone who believes is not condemned, but he who does not believe on him is condemned already. Because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. Jesus did not come for the purpose of condemnation. He did not come for the purpose of final judgment. He did not come to say, I am going to destroy you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make you pay right now for everything that you have done wrong. That's not why he came. Oh, but look what he overlooked in this chapter. When he says in verse 47, the one who doesn't believe, I do not judge. Notice with me, if you will, the people in John chapter 12 that Jesus did not judge. For instance, chapter 12, verse 4. When the woman came and washed the feet of Jesus, using that expensive oil... The Bible says that Judas Iscariot saw that and he complained, we should sell that and give it to the poor. But notice the commentary. He said this, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. And Jesus said, I did not judge, I do not judge him. I do not judge him, the one who was stealing from Jesus' own money box. He said, not going to judge him. Isn't that interesting? Look at verse 10. Jesus didn't judge the people, the chief priests, for their murderous intent. In chapter 11, he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And bless his heart, those people tried to kill him again. And these who wanted to kill Lazarus, Jesus said, I do not judge. What? Lord, you're not going to judge the people who wanted to murder Lazarus doesn't make any sense. The disciples saw all this. That's key, verse 16, because they're watching. There's a lesson here, and we're going to catch it in just a few minutes. Jesus did not judge them. Jesus didn't judge the people. Look at verse 37, they saw all of these things, but they didn't believe. He didn't judge people who had a lack of faith. He said, I do not judge. Wait a minute, Lord. Aren't they supposed to have faith in the signs that you've given? He said, I do not judge. How about verse 42? There were rulers among the people who believed in Jesus, but they kept it quiet. And the text says, 
because they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus said, I do not judge them for their desire to be approved by men over God. Now, on the one hand, this sounds awfully strange. Lord, you're not going to condemn murderous intent? You're not going to condemn thievery? You're not going to condemn a lack of faith? You're not going to condemn people who want approval of men more than approval of God? He said, I did not come to judge. Jesus did not come for final judgment. The judge will return, and he will judge. Look down, if you will, verses 44 or 47. Again, I do not judge him. I didn't come to the world to judge. But he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. There is a day coming when the Lord, the judge, will in fact judge with final condemnation. He said, and here's how I'm going to do it. You have my words. You take those words and you use those words. And these are the words that I am going to use to judge you one day. I've compared this in the past in a way that many of us probably have experienced. It would be interesting to know in your time, even the young ones of today, if this kind of thing is still going on. How many of you, when you were at home as a kid, had your parents leave you a list of jobs to do in a day when they were gone? Anybody ever had that? You can nod heads, you can raise your hand, you can whatever. You had that, didn't you? How many parents have left notes for their kids? This is what you're going to do. Yeah, we all understand that, don't we? What if, as I have said before, what if my dad's left me a note and he said, son, I want you to wash the car. I want you to take out the trash and I want you to mow the lawn today. And I say, I can get that done. And I do it. And he comes home after I've done it, and he disciplines me, wears me out, whatever's going on. And I don't understand. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You told me to do, and I did it. And he said, wait a minute. You didn't do what I said. I said, you told me to wash the car, didn't you? Yeah, but I meant to water the flowers. Well, you told me to mow the lawn, didn't you? Well, yeah, but I meant for you to fertilize the lawn. 
What? You told me to take out the trash, and I did. I meant for you to vacuum the floor. Well, you didn't say that. Oh, but that's what I meant. Is that fair? Of course not. He left me words, and words have meaning. And those words with that meaning are what I'm going to use to do what I'm doing. And he comes home to judge me by those words, then I'm okay. But if he judges me by other words, then I'm in trouble. Jesus said, I'm going to judge. And it's going to be these words. But now comes the lesson. The judge has entered the courtroom, and court is in session. And the judge says, you better not judge, and we shouldn't. In that great sermon, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Jesus said, judge not, that you be not judged. We can't judge. Jesus said it. Jesus told me I better not judge, and we better not. We better not be guilty of judging, because if we judge, Jesus said, you're going to be judged like that. Isn't that what he said? It's what he said. But the judge has entered the courtroom, and the judge has said, You need to judge, and we should. John 7, verse 24. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. In fact, my judge wants me to act like him. My judge wants me to act like he judges. Number one, Jesus said, I came to judge. He wants me to judge. He came to judge with words that he left for people to be able to look at themselves and to know what their standing is. He wants me to take these same words and help people see these words to know what their standing is. He expects me to judge. And just like he, presenting the words gave every defendant the opportunity to see it for themselves, to judge themselves. He expects me to do that. But like he, he did not come to judge. Judge not that you be not judged. When he came, he didn't condemn. When he came, it was not final. 
When he came, he did not intend to condemn. He wants to save. What is he telling me not to do? Don't judge in a condemning way. There are times when we judge each other. We sort of act like we're glad to be able to point out that you have a problem. Oh, I've known situations like that. I've known situations where it appeared instead of trying to help someone see for themselves, I want you to see the way I do so I can run, it, run you into the ground because of it. And he said, we're not doing that. When we judge, we take the words of Jesus and let those words speak. I don't insert myself because I don't want to get in the way of them seeing what Jesus wants them to see. So what's the difference? How could Jesus say he came to judge, but not to judge? One word, time. It wasn't time for final judgment. Not when he came. It wasn't time. Oh, that time will come. There will be a final time. I don't know when it is, but it's coming. But until then, he still wants me and all people to be saved. As long as he holds off coming is more testimony to the grace and mercy of God. How then do I act like the judge? I need to give people time. Give them grace and mercy to work through those things that they find out through the Word of God about themselves to come to a better place. And that's how we judge like the judge. It's all in the intention. It never has been Jesus' intention to condemn people. It will happen. It will happen because some people have already condemned themselves. That's what the text says. And he is just going to give them what they've already done for themselves. We should give grace and mercy to help people move from one place to another. Time. Certainly. There are times when people condemn themselves. At that point, it's not us. It's them condemning themselves. Just like Jesus in the final judgment. So what do we learn today? Judging is primarily laying out the Word of God so people can see for themselves. Don't have, let us not have the condemnatory attitude because the final condemnation is not mine to give. It's only Jesus. In the meantime, let's have grace and mercy. 
helping people come to a better place and to a better understanding. Because that's what Jesus, the judge, has done. I hope that this thought process today about judging and not judging is helpful to understand what our attitude toward people should always be. And I think, I think about that, especially as it relates to what will happen on Tuesday. I don't want to be a condemning person. Uh, I don't want to be the person who turns people off from the Word of God. Oh, but I want to stand firmly on the Word and go no other place. I hope these thoughts have been helpful. And like I've done for a year on a Sunday night, may God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us to learn how to judge as God would have us do it. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.